We'd like to thank the following Patreon listeners. Sam, Thranduil, David Roberts, Ashton Thomas Jansen, Case, John H. Perry, Perry O'Brien, Gregory Larson, Nadine Isabel, on Revive. Thanks so much for being investigators in this strange, strange trip. It wasn't Miskatonic, was it? You know that rich people and bodies go hand in hand. I cannot allow you to look through the private objects of our of our guests. Captain, a man is dead because some thief was in pursuit of something. If we can find out what it was, we might find the killer. Well, goodness, now I am not. I am not someone who is uh, prepared to share such terrible news, but no one should be alone when they're learning about such a personal tragedy. How kind of you. I mean, of course, it's more important to find out what happened to poor dear Theo. But also, some things were stolen. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Fandible.com Actual Play Podcast. I am your storyteller, Nate! I am your keeper of forbidden lore here at Fandible.com because we are not just playing any role-playing game. We are playing Call of Cthulhu. Yes, we are back. I'm going to keep the part where my voice broke like I'm a 14-year-old. And we are back here with the Call of Cthulhu game Bon Voyage, which finds our intrepid burgeoning investigators, uh, embroiled in a now uh, developing mystery upon the high seas, or considering that they've only been at this for about 14 hours, the moderate to middle seas. And we are going to begin thus. The maiden voyage of the RMS Arcana has had somewhat of a rocky start. Being sent off into the sea with no small amount of fanfare, the vessel was bound for Belfast, Ireland, along a route that was once taken by the RMS Titanic over a decade ago. The plan that had the media in a tizzy was simple. Renowned spiritualist Madame Zostra was to hold the world's largest seance over the spot where the doomed Titanic had met its demise. Countless papers and magazines were covering the event, only to turn the populace's appetite into a complete frenzy by the surprise arrival of Harry Houdini and his brother, Theo Hardin. The surprises, however, were only beginning. On the first night of the Arcana's voyage, during a grand dinner to mark the momentous occasion that all within had embarked on, Madame Zostra queen of the veil who perceives all, died. With the guests quickly being sent back to their cabins, you were all asked by Captain Joseph McField to help confirm the death of the late Madame Zostra, in the case of Dr. Antoine Agni, ensure the optics of the voyage remain beneficial to its investors and the press, in the case of Victoria Westchild, and help investigate a recent break-in to the cargo holding that contained the VIP's personal effects, 
in the case of Sal, the private investigator. Augustine von Klumpf. Oh, boy. Augustine von Klumpf. As the most VIP person on the boat, Mm -hmm. you are keenly aware and interested in whatever may have been taken from your storage of priceless, irreplaceable objects in your luggage that were definitely from Burma. Mm -hmm. So you went as well. Yeah. Because that's the... That's the nice part about being rich is you can just declare yourself an investigator. (laughs) Having discovered the door unlocked and your belongings rummaged through, you found something that cast a shadow on the voyage. Theo Hardin, brother of Harry Houdini and magician of note in his own right, was dead amongst the open cases, still dressed in his fine suit from the dinner earlier. As a quiet settles over all of you, all you can hear is the gentle groaning of the massive boat you are on. It's gentle rocking, making you feel like the only people in the world. Just you, these strange people around you, the captain, and a corpse. And a mystery. Starting from Jesus then to Dan, then to Billy, and then to Angela. Please introduce yourself, your character, and tell us a little something about your PC. Hey guys, this is Jesus. I'm once again playing Sal Brahm. And uh, I am here. I was here to have to deliver a personal message to uh, Theo from someone uh, that had hired me to get, deliver that message. Sadly, I did not have the chance as Theo is now very much dead, surprisingly so. So now I'm here in front of a corpse, taking out a cigar, lighting it, and getting ready to solve a mystery and hopefully still get paid. Damn. Just a boy standing in front of a corpse asking him to pay his bills. (laughs) (laughs) So, hey guys, this is Dan, and once again, reprising the role of the... uh, world traveler Augustine von Klauf who uh, as uh, Dave explained it was very concerned about his priceless trove of Burmese artifacts from his latest trip to uh, as, as you may have heard Burma uh, which uh, you have not been to much much to your loss but I have and uh, I would like to tell you all about it over drinks you're paying right uh, and uh yeah, that's, that's about all he's willing to show with the, in front of these people right now. Those of you who've heard the previous uh, episode would know that there's a little bit more, or rather, less to him. Much less. <laughs> much, much, much less. less. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Billy. Hey, everybody. This is Billy, and I am playing a Dr. Anton Agni. I am known for my anthropology uh, renown for at... Uh, Miss Kentucky, or what's it called? Uh, Miss Kentucky. <laughs> Miss Kentucky. That's Kentucky. definitely what people from Harvard call it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, some renowned from the Miss Kentonic University. I'm here because my wife, Melinda, uh, she's been such a dear this entire time, and she wanted to go on this trip. And of course, me being such a high priced doctor, professor right now, I was able to easily afford it. Of course, I did not explain to her that this is actually a job sent to me by my uh, chairhead to transport a few small items uh, uh, to our sister college in, I believe it was Ireland. Is that Mm -hmm. right? So you're traveling to Belfast, Ireland. 
Uh, Belfast, Ireland. Um, of course, unfortunately, it seems like those items were stolen. So that's definitely going to put a bee in my bonnet. And you were also the only de facto doctor on the ship, it turns out, much to your chagrin. I'm a doctor of philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> also, you're not entirely sure what the malpractice laws are for, for philosophy, but yeah, I mean, they've yeah. got to be steeped yeah, theoretically. Sure, I, I mean, I took some doctorate. I mean, I have taxidermy, so I, I know how the <laughs> your body works. I know what's dead. No. And that's definitely dead right there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, stuff him and put him on a stick, I guess. We're going to make him look real pretty. (laughs) All right. Um, Angela. Hey, everybody. This is Angela, and I am playing Victoria Westchild, star of stage and screen, here to bring a little bit of glamour to the initial voyage, the maiden voyage of the RMS Arcana. Uh, thank and uh, real quick, what connection do you have, um, Victoria, with uh, anyone else on the ship that might Im- that might involve you in this small hiccup of a problem? Well, of course, Veronica Caraway is on the ship, but she's not important to our story. She better not be, unless she ends up as another corpse in this building. But no, it is uh, my actually, I'm so excited to be on this trip because I got to meet my pen pal, Harry Houdini. Ah, yes, Harry Houdini and his rather charming brother, well, late brother, uh, Theo. Such a tragedy. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, all right, so let me just open up all your characters to make sure that I know exactly how to break you. <laughs> and with that done, you are standing there with the barely luminescent glow of uh, lanterns and uh, and there are electric lights overhead, but they seem to be flickering off and on in this almost oppressive atmosphere. I say almost impre- oppressive, but it in fact is oppressive in the fact that it is a, it is a dense, uh, cluttered area of people's possessions. Now, for you, Victoria, uh, this is nothing new. You've been around wealthy objects and expensive high-end objects for much of your professional life. For you, Von Klauff, of course, sure. Some of these might even be from Burma. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to need a willpower roll from you in a second. (laughs) And uh, for the investigator, Sal, uh, Sal, this is nothing new to you. you. You know that rich people and bodies go hand in hand. And for you, Professor, while this, the everything else that I've described may be new to you, the, the frivolities of uh, the wealthy and their baubles, the uh, concern of what is clearly the purview of a police department, um, Klauf and his his desire to go back to Burma, all of that somewhat fades away in the fact that you are being paid a handsome sum to transport these materials, including, most importantly, a material that is on your person. But still, the things that are missing will need to be answered for at some point when you reach Belfast. And the captain is standing there, and he looks at all of you and says... I will 
get one of the shipmates to attend to the body. Before you do that, I want to look over the body, see how he was killed. All right. Okay. Uh, David, I will also be kind of standing next to Jesus, but since I do, I know that you're a police detective, don't I know, Sal? Or have you, uh, uh, have you oh, announced no, because that? I think it was, it was mentioned like in the conference after Mother Zostra died, like yeah, they, the yeah. captain mentioned that. Great. So you're just, so I know you're not just some guy who's like, no, I want to see the body first and just, I just like <laughs> look at dead bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to actually stand next to the detective and I'm also going to give him my medical, my doctor, uh, uh, opinion on what could have killed him as well. Socrates theorized that a dead body. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, Billy, I'm going to need you to give me a roll to see if that you can, um, and I'm, yeah, give me a roll to see if you can, uh, assist in this role. So this is going to be a medical, this is going to be a first aid for me or for, I'm sorry for Billy. Okay. Oh, first aid. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. And, uh, what do I roll for that? It's a D 100, right? It's a D1. Yeah, all the rolls for skill sets, or all the rolls are going to be D100 skills uh, or D100 rolls. Excuse me. Oh, wow. Okay. I got a 12. Okay. All right. So, um, Jesus, you're going to have advantage on this. So you get to roll twice and take the better. Okay. And what am I rolling? First aid as well? Um, you are going to be rolling first aid or investigation. Mm-hmm. Uh, investigation. Investigation's a skill? I see. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes. Um, you're, I'm sorry. Not investigation. You're going to be looking at... Spot hidden or... Spot hidden, yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Right, yeah. First aid is higher, so I'm probably just going to take that. Okay. All right, so I get to roll twice. Let's see if I get lucky. Oh, come on. Four off. I'm off by four. Did you take my right, advantage? Can, I took the advantage, yeah. Well, you can spend luck now to spend oh, right. four points of luck. You know what? I'll to do bring that. it down to. I'll okay. do that. Spend four oh, points wait. of luck. I was, look, I was looking at the wrong character sheet. One second. Uh, one second. How many character no. sheets for this game do you have? <laughs> no, I was looking at the other character sheets for reasons. Uh, so four points. Oh, still 30. Okay, never mind. So I'm going to use four points. One, two, three, four. And I succeed. Um. All right. So... Um, so I'm sorry, everybody give me one second. All right. Well, fuck it. I don't have it in here. Uh, I've got a cheat sheet right in front of me to help. And the one thing it doesn't have is assisted roles. So I'm kind of, uh, I may have fucked that up, but we are going to go with a success because you spent the points and y'all both made your roles. You look over the body and nothing seems out of out of place aside from the fact that he's quite dead and he's uh, you, you see no sense of struggle you see no sh- signs of struggle immediately and then you notice that the collar of his shirt is somewhat torn or pulled and this is a very nice shirt the, you know the, the, the threading is um, the stitching is doubled so the force with which that would happen would not be a casual push or a playful shove. And then as you move the coat or move the shirt, you notice that uh, Theo Hardeen has a small 
puncture wound no larger than a pin on the side of his clavicle on his uh, le- uh near like the left the 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 left uh shoulder does it look like say a needle mm-hmm. with something what might be have been injected as you can see right here it looks like something was injected into him uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that was before or after his death, but seeing that he's dead, I wouldn't be surprised if it was some sort of poison, de- uh, uh, detective. That makes sense, Doctor. That makes sense. Hmm. All right, I guess someone came in. What, did you think it was a surprise to the killer that he was here, that he might have been after, the killer might have been after what was ever in these uh, cases? We need to investigate what was ever was in all of these cases that are open, just in case. Uh, the captain perks up. I'm afraid I cannot, uh, I cannot allow you to look through the private objects of our, of our guests. Captain, a man is dead because some thief was in pursuit of something. If we can find out what it was, we might find the killer. Absolutely. And if I had my dog here and my dog was on the boat, you would not insist on interrogating my dog simply because he was present. You cannot simply open the private property of other people's things simply because it was in the vicinity of something untold. Then how about the ones that are already opened? For example, uh, Anton... I'm sorry, what was your surname? Antonio? My name is Dr. Anton... Agni. Doctor and Mr. Augustine from Burma, was it? I never remember. Uh, both of you were obviously open. Perhaps I should investigate if you, if I have your permission. I absolutely want to find this person who stole my items and, of course, who killed this young man. That's also very tragic. Uh, but, yes, I'll, I'll do anything I can to uh, find out who this thief is so they can be detained immediately. Of course, we'll, we'll. and of course, I will help with the investigation as well. I, of course, am the star of uh, Beware the Idol, which was all about searching for mysterious artifacts that no one else had ever discovered before. Wait, Beware the Idol? Mm-hmm. Was that the one with Veronica Carraway? In a small role. Oh, <laughs> I loved her in Blades in the Darkness. Oh, that was oh, she was her also performance one, in oh, that was remember just, the, the one when she did uh, Waves of Mentucket? I, I cried. The, I went to the movie theater 15 times oh, to see that film. She's a visionary. Yeah, she is just, she's. I passed on those roles so that I could take a, you know, my, my award nominated role in When Trouble Knocks. I haven't had a chance, but I will catch up. I've heard good things from my <laughs> wife. If you'll excuse me, gentlemen, there is an investigation that must be done. Right, right. Of course. I'm, I apologize. All right. And Veronica, uh, Victoria, <laughs> now I'm doing it. <laughs> God damn it, David. Victoria is going to like, yeah, fuck it. She's going to step over the body because why are we looking at a dead body when people could be looking at Victoria? <laughs> and she's going to start, you know, looking at things, moving things. <laughs> not helping in a crime scene. <laughs> well, don't forget that there was actually something missing from your personal effects. <gasps> there was. There was. My locket was gone. Yes. Your very, very private personal locket, which you yourself do not wear on your person for uh, for whatever reason you so decide, Angela. For reasons. Capital R, reasons. For reasons, not the least of which is because... Um, as as a uh, as as an option, when you become a starlet in uh, the silver screen at this era, 
you are not necessarily allowed to use your actual uh, your actual identity that you grew oh, up yeah. with. I was not born Victoria Westchild. No, um, though you have every idea that Veronica was assigned a V name that was so close <laughs> to yours, and it's no coincidence. No coincidence. As so many roles that you passed on <laughs> when people say, oh, Veronica, oh, you mean Victoria? Unbelievable. She loves Who you, your besties. Would mm. do such a thing. Honestly. All right, so everybody, give me a spot hidden roll. Uh, we're going to ignore the, the, the body because right. this is Shadowrun for a second. <laughs> spot hidden. Ooh. Zero, zero, nine. Ooh. 84. 28, I succeed. Okay, so let's go to Augustine von Klauf. Uh, your spot hidden is 35. And I rolled a nine. Nice. Rolled a nine. Ooh, that's a half, so you got a, a great success. Yeah. Um, and then, Victoria, what did you get? At 14. Spot hidden is okay, so you got a good success. You got a success. Sal. 28. 28. Um, okay, got a success. And Dr. Antoine Agni. I got a 80. Uh, sorry, 84. Okay. So, so totally failed. With, <laughs> oh my God, we're on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a boat and we're going fast and I'm in a goddamn homicide investigation. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. So, doctor, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of, it's a bit much. Uh, you're worried about your wife, Olivia. Uh, you are concerned about the documents that are missing, and uh, you're only giving a cursory look over because you are doing what uh, you have worked very hard to achieve in your doctorate years, which is letting other people do the research for you. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to keep that together. <clears throat> All right. Sal. So you got a good success, if I recall correctly. Um, Sal. You look over and you notice that it seems that of the things missing, you see very uh, valuable, you see valuable things um, that are untouched. You see a, uh, you see in, um, <clears throat> excuse me, in Ms. Westchild's uh, containers, you see what are clearly uh, things that contain possibly pearls or or gems or rings, things like that, untouched. Uh, for uh, <clears throat> for the the good doctor, you notice that a lot of the documents they don't really make a whole lot of sense to you. But I mean, if you had to pick one old document out of another, you would feel like, oh, that one looks more expensive. If I was a fence, which you're not, because you've never been a criminal, right? Mm. And so, yeah, you've noticed that there are some valuable things that are 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 uh, untouched. So I'm noticing in my thing, like I'm noticing some documents missing and a few items. Mm-hmm. Yes, but there's not a lot of rhyme or reason to it, right? Yeah, I, I don't. I I didn't really know what they're sending me, so I'm just kind of guessworking. As like, oh, I think they were, I was supposed to get like a feather in there, but there's no feather. You know that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yep. And um, Veronica, <laughs> you got to get more roles. Got to get more meaty roles. So it's the name is fresh in the in the minds of the public. Um, so it, with uh, Victoria, as I said before, um, 
your locket is missing, your gems and expensive baubles are there, but your eyes drift over to around to everyone whose things have been looted, and you notice that for such a wealthy man, Von Klauf does not have a steamer trunk that you would expect of a man of such prominence. Mr. Von Klauf? Mm-hmm. Did they... Yes. <laughs> Ooh, camera pans over to the frozen face of Von Klauf, turned away from everyone, bathed in shadow, just the gleaming, terrified eyes of an animal in the dark <laughs> looking at his things. Von Klauf. <laughs> Uh, you got a great role. Yeah. Uh, so what you piece together has less to do with homicide investigation and more to do with an ongoing grift in the fact that you immediately recognize that someone's going to ask about your objects. <laughs> and you start to put together a reasonable story. I'm going to give you a plus 10 on whatever reasonable story you come up with should anyone who is a player character wish for you to roll against them. Got it. You're going to have to roll against the captain though as he says but I'm sorry, Victoria um, was uh, was saying something. Mr. Von Klauf, did they make off with your entire steamer trunk? Oh my goodness, they're stealing like rodents. And uh, Von Klauf Irish on this boat. (laughs) (laughs) You see him freeze for a moment and his back to you and he sort of like hunches his shoulders and goes like, (laughs) a common misconception. And he spins around like, you see, I can tell that you're not quite as experienced a world traveler as I am. No offense, after all, few are at my level. And you see, the trick that I've discovered when you're traveling the world is the big trunks come back home with you. But when you're leaving for someplace new, you travel light. You buy new luggage over there with your vast wealth, and then you bring back the souvenirs. I am on my way to adventure. And so I'm. Traveling rather light. What adventure can there be in Ireland for a man who's been to Burma? Oh, that's that's what I hope to discover. Every land hides adventure. Burma, mostly, honestly. Most adventure comes from Burma. That's an actually scientific study that I read about. But but, but even in Ireland, Burma's surely. very uh, well regarded. Yeah, now, the Burma, I have no idea. Uh, but it sounds impressive. It did full of adventure. All right, so... Does anyone want a roll to uh, see if they're deceived by this or not? Yes. <laughs> uh, I failed so bad of my spot. Uh, and I'm just going to assume Dr. Anton Agni will fall for anything at this point for the next, like for this entire scene. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so, sure. I'll roll too. Yep. Okay. So uh, the reason I asked, excuse me, ask is because, um, because Call of Cthulhu has this really interesting uh, mechanic, which is because uh, there's always the question of what, how do you take away a player character's agency mm-hmm. if they fail a role against another player character? So the way that this works is um, if you succeed, then technically, uh, and uh, so Dan would, uh, you would roll your first, you would yep. roll your fast talk. Yep. So. And I got a plus 10 to this, you said. 
You get a plus 10. Yes. All right. You did so well because everyone else was actually looking for a crime. You were, you were planning how to get the hell out of this. God damn it. Roll. Come on. There we go. Are you using the same program that got you nuked in my uh, D&D campaign? Nope. Different one. 55 plus uh, my, my fast talk is 55 to begin with. Oh, 60. Yeah. 55. So I rolled exactly my score plus, plus 10, I guess. So, Okay, yes. So a bead of sweat goes down your face as you finish (laughs) your sentence, a flourish of your hands. Again, a distinct contrast with the darkness and the body and the stern captain staring at you. Hmm. Everyone else, you can roll your... So all skills that you are used on you socially can be used as a defense, uh, and also psychology can be used as a defense role so if you have fast talk you can roll fast talk if you have uh psychology you can roll psychology i guess i'll roll psychology Ooh. so i used fast talk and i got 59 my fast talk is 60 one below all right i've got psychology of 40 i rolled a 91 yeah he's like ah rich fucks you were so close to a bad thing (laughs) you are so you are you are like <laughs> neighbors with a bad thing. <laughs> He's like, Ugh. so I technically made my roll by ten with the plus ten. So, um, so you rolled your I rolled fifty five, but I had a plus ten or rather minus so ten. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so you would just barely win out over Victoria, cool. who yeah. made it by one point. Right. 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 So here's how, here's what's cool about this system. Now, Victoria, you have a choice. Angela, you have a choice. You can either, okay, be, you know, bamboozled by uh, this, uh, by this fast talking grifter who is definitely from Burma, or you can choose to count, you can choose to act against it. And at some point during this game, Dan can elect to give you a negative die for acting against the role he succeeded at, at his choice. So the idea is that he's so in your head and you know that he was lying, but like, it's just plausible enough that you start second guessing yourself that some point down the road, it will screw up one of your roles. (laughs) You know what? That sounds like a fun mechanic to mess with. (laughs) So let's, let's go with that. Uh, Victoria's on to you. She does. She's not going to say anything at the moment. Yeah. But she's, it's mostly the whole like going on an adventure to Ireland thing that she's just like, hmm. Okay. So, and when you, or, or everybody, when Angela acts against whatever the fast talk was, which is I'm definitely this phone cloth guy. Uh, and that's why I don't have a steamer trunk. Dan, you, you will check off your fast talk because you will have officially failed that role. And then you can roll to see if it gets better. Because for once in your goddamn grifting life, you've been called out. Uh, all right. So, yeah, I'm really glad we uh, we did that because that's like one of my favorite things about this game. And there is a pause. And then everybody kind of nods mm. in. Yeah. In assumption that you are absolutely telling the truth because you are rich and you have a fawn in your name and who who lies about that sort of thing. Um, except for no the one that travels to Burma lies. No, absolutely. I mean, they they ask you point blank at customs. Have you ever told a lie? And you said no. Yeah, exactly. You're in. Yeah. So the uh, captain uh, looks over everyone and says, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to 
Echo Radio the mainland and tell them what has occurred. Uh, I will send some of my people down to take care of the body. Is there anything else I can help you with? I just want to be uh, spoken with immediately when you find this thief. Again, what he has stolen is of academic importance. Hmm. So important, I don't know exactly what he's stolen, but it is very <laughs> important that I get it back. I, I hope you understand. Hmm. Thank you, he says awkwardly as I look at Dave. <laughs> I said, looking okay? Uh, no, sorry, it's just a bunch of bikes were going by. Ah. Um, so it's good that you didn't hear that, but mm-hmm. like no. I heard basically mm-hmm. a yeah. whole Tokyo drift. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, he fishes through his pockets and then crisply brings out a folded uh, parchment of paper, like a, a notebook, and with a gorgeous golden pen and hands it to you, professor or doctor. Um, and uh, please, everyone, write down what may be missing so that I can get one of my people on it. Uh, if I do not... Uh, if I cannot uh, see you, please see my first mate, William Donovan, or my navigation specialist, Francis Montgomery, or the third mate, Raul Perez. We have people, but if you cannot see me, I will inform all of, all of the individuals who work for me that your requests are to be of the utmost significance. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have an entire ship of people to... <coughs> soothe in these troubling times troubling times what is this storyteller feels so weird about saying that over and over and uh and then he walks off well that was a brush off i ever i am a professor at miskatonic of miskatonic university i know about brushing people off and we just been brushed off now if you excuse me ladies and gentlemen i must Go back to my quarters and make sure that my wife is okay while I try to recall what might have been taken from my steamer trunk. Uh, good day to everyone, and Detective, please do what you can to uh, bring the thief to light. And with that, my character is going to be, and with that, uh, Dr. Anton Agni is going to be heading out and heading towards his room. I do not wish for dear Harry to be alone when he hears this terrible news, so I of course, I shall be departing as well. Are you going to be the one to tell him? Well, goodness, no, I am not. I am not someone who is uh, prepared to share such terrible news, but no one should be alone when they're learning about such a personal tragedy. How kind of you. I am nothing but... Exit, Victoria. Oh, by the way, uh, Von Klaff, what was missing? I don't think you mentioned. For, for myself, well, very little, as I mentioned. I've been traveling quite light. Mm. I hope to be coming back with anything. I, I hear they have this thing called the Blarney Stone. <laughs> sure. <laughs> just And as I'm walking out, like, nothing of real value as far as I can tell as I walk out. Just thinking. And then finally left Leaving alone. Leaving Von Klauf alone with the open steamer. That <laughs> I mean, I correct, that I heard. correct sound effect for what's about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Leaving Von Klauf 
alone with the open steamer trunks of multiple wealthy, well-heeled, and uh, famous individuals on the boat. I just want to point out, my uh, Dr. Agni would have totally oh, locked closed. it up. Yeah. yeah, locked his stuff up. Oh, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, oh, no, I, everybody else, have go with God. <laughs> I, I assume everyone had some semblance of locking your stuff up. Uh, yes. But, but still, but, in, in general, I, I believe... Uh, uh, Good old uh, rat, I believe, is the uh, the name uh, his friends know him by. That's right. Uh, I forgot about that. Would uh, would frankly find it to be a moral failing if he did not, at the very least, fill his pockets with a a few baubles for later. Right. I'm gonna need yeah. a. I'm gonna need a sleight of hand because that is the lock picking. Oh yeah. All right, sleight of hand. Oh boy, yeah, this is not gonna happen. Uh, let's see. I believe in you. Locksmith is also one, but I'm going to go with sleight of hand for right now. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's a 28 that I rolled, and my sleight of hand is 15 only. You so have luck. Burn a whole bunch of luck to pop this lock. <laughs> yeah, that would be like, what, 13 luck? Mm-hmm. Uh, nah, it's uh, not worth it. I, w- I want to save my luck for survival. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, no, he, he, I guess he, he tries. He's like, click, 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 click. <sighs> Eh, there'll be more time later. And, if uh, there's anything that I, as a storyteller, am always weak to, it's the idea of like wanton and completely pointless thievery. <laughs> yes. uh, I just, I, I encourage it. I'm not an immoral person in real life. All right. So everybody returns back to various rooms. Uh, doctor, you return to your wife, Oliv- uh, Olivia, who uh, is... Uh, Melinda, Melinda, yes. Oh, Melinda, I'm sorry. I kept seeing Olivia and I wrote down Olivia. Melinda, though what's unfortunate is I put this in your character because I wrote that in. Um, and it says Melinda. It says Melinda right there. My mistake. All right, Melinda. Melinda is worried and also somewhat traumatized by the by the, the the very public and shocking death of Madame Zostra, queen and mistress of the veil beyond and seer of all things that are hidden to us in, in our earthly realm. Dr. Anton Agony is walking into his room and taking off his jacking it and throwing it on the chair in a very divisive way. And he says, this has been a horrible, horrible start to a cruise, Melinda. You cannot imagine the luck I've had someone stole from my steamer trunk. Isn't that ridiculous? What a horrible night. Someone stole from our sim- steamer trunk? Uh, what, what did we bring? I, I, I packed. Um, was it one of my dresses? Was it? No, um, it, oh, it, it, it was. Our, it was the second steamer trunk. I, I don't know if you were aware of it. It was just filled with a couple of my uh, uh, items of intrigue that I was going to uh Drop off at the local university to you know start talk to you know about uh, building relations. It's 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 complicated, but you have nothing to worry about. No one touched your steamer trunk. Your dresses, I'm sure, are very fine, my love. So, why 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 did you have objects for the university on our rather otherwise until Madame Zostra's interference? Romantic getaway. Well, um, that is a very good question, Melinda. You see, I was just trying to, to to think ahead to our future. What better way 
to 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 build a foundation for our future than to build a foundation of trust between universities. So I figured while we were in Ireland, I could drop by Belfast's university and just drop off a few of my trinkets that I've collected throughout the days. It, it really would have only taken me two, three hours at the most. Antoine Ariel Agni, are you telling me that this is not entirely a getaway for you and I, but that there was a business aspect to it for the university? Melinda, you must realize that now that I'm part of Miss Kentonic University, Everything I do always has to uh, ha- have a, a bit of business in it. For the, for the university's sake, it's part of being a doctor, a professor of my caliber. I see. I understand. Um, oh, don't, don't talk like that. Melinda, I understand. Come, no, Melinda. As I, as, and she shuffles by you towards the door. And as she swings it open, stands in the hallway and turns around to you, then you can discuss your business. With the Olivia you married one Melinda. night, many years. Um, <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. <clears throat> Olivia, you knew about that. <laughs> <laughs> then you can discuss it with the Melinda that you married one night years ago while she is wildly drunk. And we will see how well that goes. She looks forward to seeing you, and she slams the door and storms off to the bar. Oh, well, she's really making a... Oh, my God. He quickly runs to his coat and makes sure he still has that small package that he was carrying with him. Uh, he didn't mean to throw it. He, he looks mm-hmm. over the... Uh, it's a small box, you said? Mm-hmm. It's a very small box, yeah. Yeah, it, it's like something that would keep a necklace in, and he just makes sure the box doesn't look too damaged. Mm-hmm. No, it's fine. It uh, fell out to the floor once you threw it onto a, uh, through the, the coat away, but it's undamaged. Oh, thank goodness. I was. Thanks. The star. Thank God that this dead knight can't get any worse. And he's going to pick it up, uh, slip it into his uh, jacket pocket again, and then hang up his jacket. And then he is just mm-hmm. uh, he's debating maybe going to chase after his wife. But after uh, a minute of contemplation, he just sits back, uh, back down at the desk and begins writing down what he thinks might be stolen and as the boat creaks and uh you shift very lightly uh to one side or another you hear a rattle from that part of your coat but that could quite easily be the box shifting in your jacket pocket and to uh to the detective where do you go uh well i need to think so i go to the bar to have a whiskey all right it does occur to you that it's rather strange that they've allowed drinking so quickly considering that this is still well deep into the time of prohibition Mm. and you are simply on a boat but then again it's entirely possible that they've made some sort of arrangement with the city the feds or looking around there's a lot of spats on shoes in this joint and that means that there's a lot of money being thrown around. And mm-hmm. when you get this much money, laws get a little finicky. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to take advantage mm-hmm. of, of the law of the <laughs> drinking job. 
Hey. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so your your client has gotten you passage on this boat. So clearly they may have deep pockets as well. Mm-hmm. And you sit down to the bar. Doing anything aside from getting drunk? Well, I didn't say I was getting drunk. I was just having a whiskey. As I prepare myself to talk to Harry Houdini about his brother. You would have to find him. I go to his room after the whiskey shot. All right. Which which uh, combines two player characters into <laughs> one. Oh, Billy. Yeah. Uh, don't forget to mark down your spot hidden because you failed at the roll. So remember. Rem- oh, right. Failed uh, rolls. Re- right, right. Yeah, reminder, if you fail a roll, there's a little checkbox next to your, char- uh, your skill. Mm-hmm. Check that off, and that will be useful in between games. And at the end of this game, assuming that you do not all die, then we will be able to roll to see if you increase in skill. Old of you to make such an assumption. Yeah. If it, if I only already have it checked off, do I just ignore it? Um. Yes, just ignore it because we are picking up this game right. ex- like directly after exactly. The last game. So, so yeah, apparently yeah. I've already failed my spot. Uh, my spot check before. I think so, that was but. the only role I had last game yeah. that I had done last I think game. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So maybe ready, y'all. Jesus had one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. He definitely failed a bunch of rules. Um, all right. So the uh, illustrious, beautiful carpeted, well-lit art deco hallway of the well-heeled. And I believe we said it was the third floor it was the third uh, right. deck um mm-hmm. and above you are uh, personnel who work on the ship and then below you are the pores and also engineering storage things like that now there are now there were nine floors mm. so glad that my corner is as loud as it ever was uh now there were nine floors or nine decks to the Titanic, and there are seven on the uh, on the Arcana. And it's not as massive, imposing a ship, but it is still a testament to the ingenuity and construction of good old American gumption. And you are standing there. It's uh, to give you an idea. It's a little like The Shining. Like very, very um, even in its lines. There are Art Deco lines on the carpet and there's wood paneling on the wall uh, and uh, hanging uh, lanterns illuminate the walkway. But there's still just a little too much shadow on the on the hallway, but just enough to illuminate the doorway of one Harry Houdini. And... Uh, Victoria, you stand at one end of the hallway as you turn a corner, and Sal, you stand at the other as you turn a corner. It took me a long time to walk up here. He had time to go get a drink before I made it. Because you are beset upon Eels. by fans, people oh, okay. who are glad handing, mm-hmm. who are uh, the the the. Captain was very specific in the fact that pulling you aside last game, being like, please, please keep, please help me keep people interested, under control. Don't let this seem like it's going to ruin the 
uh, ruin the, 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 the festivities, the cruise, not the craziest thing you've been asked um, to keep <laughs> not the first time a murder has happened that you've been asked to dress up um, as, as a uh, starlet of the silver screen. Um, and also heels terrible on uh, they're t- terrible on these staircases. And so you both start walking forward and you meet at Harry Houdini's doorway. My my foot stomps down uh, right in front of the door, right in front of her, with my spor- spurs spinning. And uh, <laughs> I'm not going to stop you, but you have spurs. I was making fun of the Western theme that we were going like, for. I thought you were from New York. <laughs> I'm I New York City. <laughs> New York City. Like, I 1000% believe that you have spur like <laughs> indentations, like in metal on your shoes. <laughs> Like, I thought you'd be, be here to, uh, already had comforted Hal before I got here. Oh, sorry. Mr. Houdini before I got here. Well, the, uh, captain did ask me to do some morale boosting amongst the, the, the passengers on the ship. It is sometimes a very trying job to be such a sought after commodity. How kind of you as I knock on the door. Angela, does your character say anything as she then knocks on the door with a very <laughs> distinct, different knock than this ham-fisted oaf? Yeah, it's like he, you know, he knocks and there's no response. And so Victoria rolls her eyes a little bit as she does her own knock. It's feathery and light, mm-hmm. refined, practiced. Yours is practice as well, Sal. Just... <laughs> For for more of a, this door's coming down, whether you open it or not. I feel mine is more effective, really, when you think about it. Except did the door open for you? And there standing in front of you is a haggard, uh, a bow tie undone looking Harry Houdini, whose, whose hair is must, and he looks a little red and... He is standing there with a uh, tumbler in his hand. Oh, my dear Harry. Such a distraught scene at dinner. Uh, Victoria? Who's your friend? Detective Brom. Detective. And he drops the glass and in one felt in one twitch of a movement catches the glass on the top of his, his bespoke shoe and kicks it back up into his hand like a hacky sack player. Like <laughs> it, it's, it's fluid. It's like, you know how David Bowie's character does those like weird um, <laughs> like glass ball things in labyrinth. And you're like, no physical human can do that. That's what it looks like. And then he catches the glass again. Yes. Detective come in, come in, please. Ladies first. Well, naturally, Ooh. Victoria walks in. Yep, I walk in behind her. All right. Uh, uh, shuts the door, offers you chairs. How, how can I help you? Have you... Victoria, have you found Theo yet? I can't find uh, him anywhere. Victoria looks over to... To Sal, he seemed so interested in in sharing this news. Mr. Houdini, perhaps you should sit down. (sighs) He puts the glass down and pours himself another scotch. Has Theo been arrested again? 
Well, sir, I'm about to make your brother disappear. (laughs) (laughs) My dear Harry, please sit down. And I hold out my hand to him, inviting him to... I imagine, like, she was offered, like, a little sateen, so Mm -hmm. there's space uh, next to her for him to sit. Absolutely. Um, Harry Houdini is a lot of things, but able to withstand the, the... the charm of your character, Angela, is not one of them. Um, and so given into the gravity of Victoria Westchild, uh, he sits down and fumbles with a glass in his hand. All right. How much is the bail? I'm sorry to say, Mr. Houdini, that your brother is dead. Your brother was found dead in a luggage compartment, sir. Here? Here? Yes. When? Not sure exact time of death, but a little... We found his body a little after the death of Madame Zostra. After Madame Zostra? Do you think they're connected? We are unsure. For all I know, it may have been a robbery gone wrong. He may have been in the wrong place at the wrong time. There were several items uh, missing from the luggage compartment. He may have been there for another purpose. The robber may have found him and, uh, well, dispatched him to to make sure his identity was not seen. It was quite a distressing scene. I'm so glad that you weren't there to see it, Harry. I know this is a distressing time, but can you think of any reason why your brother was there? You were both there? You were both there? In the luggage compartment, of course. Yes. There was a report from the captain that there had been some sort of, of burglary, perhaps using the death of poor Madame Zostra as some sort of distraction. Unbelievable. All right. Hmm. So the captain... So the captain... I assume, did he bring you? Does he know? Did you he tell knows. him? He knows. He knows. He knows. Right. Although it's currently being kept uh, low down for now, for obvious reasons. Who who else knows? Just us, the captain, as well as Dr. Agni and uh, Augustine Von Kloff. The, the Burmese gentleman and, and the, the, the doctor? Oh, to check on poor Theo's body, no doubt. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and of Von course, Clough, as far as I there was just with us at the time. Well, he most likely had some sort of interest and in, uh, said it was down in the holding of the of the um, nicer objects, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. Who would want who would want Theo gone? That is a good question. Can you think of anyone? Oh, Dash, Dash, oh. Dash. Dash. That's my brother's nickname. He, um... I see. Last person he ever told that to was... was Victoria here. And it was my pleasure to meet him, dear Harry, and I pat his hand. Detective, maybe this you can... this isn't the best time, and you can give our dear friend here just a few minutes at least to... to really... In just the the gravity of the situation. Of course. And I stand up and I go to walk through the door and I pause like Columbo and I turn back. No. (laughs) (laughs) One more thing. (laughs) One one more thing. Just one question, Mr. Houdini. Have you ever heard of the name Samantha Antonio? 
Samantha Antonia. Uh, I don't, I don't know. There's so much going on now. I it, it, do. You, do you think was is that a guest? No, it's just uh, not a guest. More of a guess. I'm just going through ideas, sir. Don't worry too much about it. And I walk out the door. He shakenly uh, draws his cigarette and offers one to Victoria and lights one for himself. <sighs> Victoria takes it and leans in, waiting for him to light her her cigarette for her, of course. He, he f- fumbles with the lighter and drops it. And then she looks up and her cigarette is lit. And he gives a weak <laughs> smile, like... Like a weak, boyish smile, like, sorry. <sighs> a consummate entertainer. I absolutely uh, am impressed and respect your professionalism. But, oh my dear, such a such a tragedy. This, this ship, one must wonder if it is cursed. The same, if, if it was ever a smart idea to follow in the steps of the Titanic. <laughs> this seems like a terrible tragedy, but... No, I don't... It can't be the boat. That's insane. That's absurd. There's no such thing as... No such thing as luck. Curses. None of that. And yet, my dear, there have been two deaths in a matter of of hours. What was an old woman? An old woman died. Therefore, not a tragedy, but a consequence of time. As for my brother... Perhaps he was. Perhaps there is something else going on, but it has nothing to do with the bones of the ship, but with the malicious intent of people. There is no evil in this world, Victoria, without people. I suppose that is true. How very insightful of you, even in these dark hours. So you see, the, the detective said that that. Uh, von von Klauf and also the the good doctor were there to check on Theo. Well, not specifically Theo. We didn't know that he was there at the time. However, there had been a, a report of some sort of of break-in and burglary amongst our our goods down in the steerage. And the doctor who declared. who declared Zostra dead. Is he also the one that checked on Theo? Why, yes, I believe he was. That's peculiar. Well, there are, there is a shortage of doctors on board. Also very peculiar. Why is, why is there no doctor beholden to the ship on the payroll? Shouldn't there always be one? I'd never actually thought of it that way. It's not as though I am often in need of a doctor when I am on such luxury accommodations. Oh, of course, nothing can dent platinum, madam. Nothing can, <laughs> no. nothing can scratch. Theo would have enjoyed that, that joke. He would have been proud of me. And I so wish that I had been able to get to know him better. <laughs> he was always a rapscallion. No. I'm not going to reminisce. We need to find out what happened to Theo. 
Can you- And the goods that were stolen. I mean, of course, it's more important to find out what happened to poor dear Theo. But also some things were stolen. What things? The, uh, professor seemed to be, the doctor seemed to be concerned about some items, you know, things that are of only of interest to someone who works in a university. Uh, one of, uh, a small trinket of mine was, was missing from my collection, my, my very large collection of jewelry, of course, that I brought along. I mean, really just more of a... It's, it's more of the principle of the matter, of course, because we certainly do not want to be locked on a boat with thieves and murderers. What university? A medical university? Uh, perhaps. I, I believe it started with an M. I never went on to a formal education myself. The, the stage called to me from a very young age, so I'm afraid I'm not familiar with all of their names. It wasn't Miskatonic, was it? Miskatonic, Miskatucky, Muskegee, something like that. Now, question Angela, does your character actually remember? Uh, probably not, because all of the attention is supposed to be on her. So mm -hmm. other people were talking and it wasn't about her. So why mm -hmm. would she care? Hmm. Fair enough. All right. Well, you have a better rapport with the captain than I do. And I imagine that my theatrics and my... My calling, my lifestyle, if I and my brother have not endeared us to people of such stature on a ship that should be working like clockwork, would would you please talk to him and find out what his plans are? If my brother is deceased, then I would like to make preparations to bury him. Of course, of course, my darling. She takes his hands again. Anything for my dear, dear friend in his time of need. Thank you. Victoria, you've always been the best friend that I could pen and in person hope for. Oh, you're too, too sweet, darling. Now, if you'll excuse me, I please, if you need anything, you know that I am just down the hall. I know if you didn't, I know if you didn't mean it, you would just tell Veronica to check on me. I appreciate it. Of course. And Victoria will leave. Off to, to go check on the captain with arrangement. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Call of Cthulhu, Bon Voyage, where our heroes learned that the word investigator really just means whoever showed up to look around. If you liked this, then head on over to Fandible.com. We've done a lot of games, and I'm sure there's something there to strike your fancy. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and we have our own Discord server, too. And if you have a few eldritch coins burning a hole in your pocket, then go to Patreon forward slash Fandible and become a member. You get early releases and access to special Discord chats, and we get to keep the lights on. Finally, please give us a rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps us reach more listeners like you. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.